Well, the word is out. The Dodgers are world's champions. It's time for Dodger baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's a good day, Bo. Today is a good day. One of, one of my best in quite some time. I'm very excited. Why? Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you to the house band Ass Life. They're here all day. <laughs> uh, this is Swing Shift. My name is Ryan Birchinger. He's Bo Benson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SwingShiftRNB. We need more followers because uh, when we sell out to Barstool, we need to have a, a database of followers <sighs> to show them how popular yeah. we are. Yeah, uh, I mean, the <laughs> I I just I hope they sign like an exclusive broadcasting agreement with like the San Francisco Giants or something like that, <laughs> just so like all their all their fans leave in disgust. Which like I'm fully aware that if the Dodgers sign an agreement with Barstool, I would also leave in disgust. So <laughs> I just please not to my team. Tonight in the Giants booth, we got. Dave Portnoy and PFT <laughs> chopping it up. Uh, do you think they'd find like a way to title their broadcast, like something racist and then just be like, we're just asking the question guys. Maybe you uh, blindside your host or something with it. I don't know. <laughs> they'd spend a whole inning and a half making jokes about the amount of poop in the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. No. <laughs> Portnoy would be like, you know, I don't think Yuli Gurriel did anything wrong to be honest with you. <laughs> Oh God! Um, you know, you know who the you know who the like color commentator would be, right? Like the guy who played that they need for uh, for booth veracity. Uh, no, no, who would it, it be? One hundred percent would be Aubrey Huff. <laughs> oh God! That's Giants World Series champion Aubrey Huff to you. Hey man, that's <laughs> that's uh, political genius Aubrey Huff to you. <laughs> just he would just walk around the crowd and like point at women and go eight and a half. Six, <laughs> two, beta, uh, beta, <laughs> beta male. Oh, uh, God. Soy boy, beta cook. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway, I'm having a great day and it has nothing to do with Barstool Sports. Uh, it never does. It, my, my, <laughs> the quality of my day never has anything to do with Barstool Sports. Um, so uh, I came home today and I had a, a special package in the mail. Um, I opened it up and, of course, it is, it is something I've been waiting for for the past week. The uh, return address was from one Jose Canseco. And <laughs> I have myself a nice new gray Bash Brothers t-shirt with uh, Jose and Mark McGuire on it. You realize that Jose Canseco now has your address. That's fine. That's, that's totally fine. Look, a week ago, in case you missed it, Jose Canseco announced his merch store uh, went live out of nowhere one of the greatest surprises i've ever seen um and look i'm not saying this to try to get a sponsorship from jose can say i mean of course i 100 percent we yeah want no we are one, one million percent doing that we don't have any sponsors right now except of course bernie Fratto. check out his book view from the cheap seats available on amazon uh stories of great uh sports talk and uh, his 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 life in sports media uh, just, just a fun time. Check it out, Bernie Fratto. Uh, Bernie also didn't pay us to do that. We need somebody to pay this podcast as a sponsor, and I would love, love for it to be Jose Canseco. Uh, I, what did you get from Jose Canseco, Bo? 
I didn't get anything from Jose Canseco. I okay. wish I did. Shut the fuck up. You see, so you're telling me that you saw that he announced a merch store and didn't instantly make uh, at least one purchase. No, I did not. I, I can't say that I did that. No. I refuse to believe that anybody who saw that this merch <laughs> store was up did not buy something from it. I, I've never made a decision so quickly in my life. That would imply that I knew that Jose Canseco had released merch. Well, I did not. You see, the other day uh, when I when I woke up, I was laying in bed just scrolling through Twitter and I see a tweet from Jose Canseco saying five minutes. And I'm like, oh, good. Oh, <laughs> Jose dude. Canseco is something special. And that was from 10 minutes prior to that. So I go to his Twitter and sure enough, it's him announcing his merch store. And I'm like, oh, my God, I go on to the merch store. I see the items there. I instantly purchase both the Bash Brothers T-shirt and a, a hat that reads Canseco Premium Juice. And uh I'm very excited about it. And then my my roommate got me <laughs> an additional shirt for my birthday because the the uh the holy grail of Jose Canseco merch uh is by far um it is the shirt of him and Jennifer Lopez with Alex Rodriguez in the back making a disgusted face. I didn't initially buy it because I'm like, oh, I don't know. It, it's it, I don't know where I would wear this exactly. There, the, there's a lot Yo, of uh, you know, know you how can get you get a you can get a Twitter follow from Jose Canseco for seventy nine dollars. Okay, well that's the thing. I uh, <laughs> every time Jose Canseco has ever tweeted out, "Hey, retweet this and I'll follow you." I've retweeted it every single time, and it's never happened. With the with the merch store, he said that one in three orders would have uh, would ha- would be autographed, and I knew that that was a lie. I knew that's just Jose, you know, playing to the crowd to try to get some numbers here. That's what he does. I do not care. I love everything that Jose Canseco does. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I've tried to get that Twitter follow. Where um, is his yet. Where is his car wash located? It's in Las Vegas, isn't it? That's correct. Yes, it's in Vegas. All right, so I'm going to exactly where. I I'm think gonna, it's near Tropicana. I'm going to take some time to go to uh, Jose Canseco's Showtime car wash. Good. When I go to Vegas, Good. I will I will FaceTime you from Jose Canseco's <laughs> Showtime car wash. Sometimes we he's can, there. Maybe that can be like our first uh, like swing shift live broadcast. Be is... our we're send up in a, a remote at a at a Seiko <laughs> Showtime car wash. Yeah, um, no, I mean, listen, just take the time off work. We'll both go out there. That's that's our that's our uh, that's our mecca. Getting to Jose Canseco's Showtime car wash in Las Vegas. I will say this too. I, I'm I'm making. I'm I'm addressing my Canseco merch in a facetious manner, but one, I absolutely love it. And two, uh, this was a week ago. This is a no, random, this is I, not like off of Amazon. Listen, you know? I might I might actually order something now that I have seen <laughs> the items available. Cause yeah, I mean, I would love a, a crew sweater of the 4040 club founding member. Um, the Bash Brothers shirt is cool. Uh, I'm curious how long it's going to be available. So if you want one, you got to go order it as quickly as you possibly can. You see, that's the thing. He also said that there was only a hundred of each item available. So I jumped on it, but again, I'm sure he's lying. Yeah, no, you got, you got (laughs) played there, buddy. (laughs) And I don't care, but yeah, no. And it's only like 18 bucks for, for a shirt. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this hoodie is like 20, $25. Like that's, it's very reasonable. I would have paid 30 each. I would have. Absolutely. Yeah, and no, and the shipping was only like six bucks total and it came within a week. This is great service from Jose Canseco. 
Jose, if you're listening, uh, we would love to have you on the show. <laughs> we did just spend five minutes talking about your product. I mean, so. I will I will settle for the real Jose Canseco or the Lonely Island Jose Canseco, either one. <laughs> uh, Andy Sandberg, if you're in, if you're listening and you want to come on the show in character as Jose Canseco, you can even get Akiva and you can have McGuire and and Canseco on the show. Uh, our lines are open. I don't know if the Bash Brothers experience got uh, as much praise as it deserves. It should. It's, it's it has it has moved into so like around baseball, like the beginning of baseball season every year. I will watch Moneyball, I will watch Major League, and I I will absolutely watch the Bash Brothers experience. Um, and even at, randomly, I will listen to the Bash Brothers experience because <laughs> it's it goes hard, man. It does. Let's bash on the ass. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we're a top 10 Dodger podcast. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This is Swing Shift. <laughs> we've uh, reset. We've got, got our Canseco merch ready and good to go. Um, so let's, all right. We've talked enough Canseco, I guess. Let's talk real, uh, well, not Jose Canseco was a real baseball player. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about current baseball players. Uh, so, of course, we have not recorded since we recorded two days prior to the trade deadline in which we put the, the curse out there, right? We said, look, we're recording well, you this. you did. Yes. You, yeah. did. you, I mean, after the dust settled, uh, I believe me and Wyatt were proven correct, as always. And, and look, I'm glad you were. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was That's right. Anytime, trying... it's always the reverse jinx, and it worked out flawlessly. <laughs> I was trying to engineer this curse. Um, and of course that, that curse is, you know, when we record an episode, uh, content will happen immediately after that instantly makes our, our episode, uh, out of date and foolish. Um, I, the only one who ended up foolish was me, but that's good. That's what I wanted. I yeah, wanted no. to be wrong. Um, uh, because I, I, on that episode said, I fully expected the Padres to acquire Max Scherzer as I have expected four months and they tried. <laughs> They, they tried. They, they tried a couple times. Uh, that was that was a a peak funny day to be online and and in person too. But um, that, as a baseball fan, I think that day goes in the uh, the the pantheon like on the same day as like Trump getting COVID, <laughs> where it's just like funny funny shit after funny shit. Um, Ken Rosenthal's tweet saying that the Padres are close to Scherzer, I think, had everybody in a blender. But then yeah. it was radio silence for for hours, and mm. you know, the Padres Nation they they had to grab that copium and just suck on deep because I think the longer that went without knowing, or the, the longer that went without hearing anything, uh, yeah, that was a bad sign. And so, yeah, I initially I was like, well, that, whatever. Like he literally just gave up a grand slam to a relief pitcher. We didn't need him anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think once it took more than an hour for anybody else to verify it, that was when it was kind of like, oh, I don't think that's actually true. Um, so, yeah. And then once once passing, who I think is now the only guy you can like reliably listen to for, for baseball news and rumors, uh, once he kind of like tweeted that the Dodgers were in it. That was just hilarious. <laughs> that was really bizarre because 
Of course, the Dodgers acquired Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and we're going to talk about Trey Turner because he's, in reality, he's the more significant piece of the deal. But <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's it's the Max Scherzer trade, but it, and it, it makes it sound like Trey Turner is like a, a throw-in, right? Which is how I'm going to refer to it forever because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I think because it's literally Ken Rosenthal, who's who's always been one of the best, if not the best, in the business at reporting this. And he hits us with a breaking in all caps. And I think when you when you start it like that, it makes it sound like the stuff after it is is set in stone, done. It's huge. He says breaking Padres close to acquiring Max Scherzer. Now, he wasn't wrong, <laughs> but he sure as shit made it sound like the deal was done and that Scherzer was going to the Padres. Um and we've learned since, you know, John Heyman said today that it, the Padres thought that they were in a good position and Luis Campusano was being dangled as, as their top catching prospect. But in the end, the Dodgers not only offered Caber Ruiz, but they offered Josiah Gray, a guy who could replace Scherzer in that rotation now and for years to come. Right now, he's simply a pitcher to put into the rotation, but in a few years, he should develop into a strong front end of the the rotation probably a number three for yeah, them no, I, um, think he's a, I think he's a three and and they also got good pieces with donvin casey young outfielder and and gerardo carrillo who i you know i might be wrong about this i feel like i think carrillo was kind of a year away from having to be on the 40 man and was kind of a potential rule five guy next season that might be wrong i'm not sure if that's completely Set, we're a top 10 Dodger podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, the Dodgers gave them a very strong return for both Scherzer and Turner. And I think that ultimately that's why this, the, the deal ended up going the way it did. Also, it could be entirely possible that Max said, um, you know, when he caught wind that the Dodgers were still in play, he might have uh, thrown his weight around a little bit and said, no, 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 yeah, no, I, no, I have I... a no trade clause here. Uh, send me to where I want to go. I absolutely believe that he turned down a trade to the Padres. I, I, <laughs> I saw that tweet that was like, oh, no wonder the guy from Missouri didn't want to play here. And it was like, you know, showing the Padres having fun after a walk-off win or whatever. And then, you know, the Dodgers <laughs> being all white. Um, but like, I kind of think there is something to that. I think Scherzer didn't want to play for a fucking team that doesn't take things seriously. And you know what? Like, that's fine that's his preference. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I, I don't think Scherzer wanted to like have a fucking swag chain thrown on his neck after he strikes out 10 guys. Like, I don't think he's interested in that at all. And so, you know, I, I absolutely believe that I, I 100% believe the Padres and the nationals had a deal and they took it to max to, to, to get his approval. And he said, no, that's, that is, I firmly will believe that that's what happened. And I think that there's the Padres still should be like kind of concerned about their status of this season. And that's because Fernando Tatis clearly like should not be playing. He should get <laughs> surgery. Um, there's no, he's, he's not going to fucking get surgery. No, no. I mean, can we just admit yet that the Padres are not as good as everybody thought they were going to be? I think that I that's still think fine. they're good, yeah. mm -hmm. but you had people talking about them like they were going to win 115 games this year. And right. they're very much not going to. They're very good team. They're probably as good as this Dodgers team, but this is also 
I don't want to say the worst Dodgers team <laughs> that I can remember, but this is the most middling to good Dodgers team in recent memory. Right. Which is insane because there's so much talent everywhere. <laughs> it feels a lot like 2018 for this Dodgers team where um, the talent is still is clearly there. And uh, there are times where you see it. And there are also times where for whatever reason, it just doesn't pan out the way it's, it should. And things yeah, kind of get frustrating. It's little shit like Max dropping that infield fly the other night. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, the Padres know they need help. And I don't buy, I don't buy that industry line that was like, oh, the Padres are always looking to add talent. Like everybody is always looking to add talent unless they're like the Orioles or the, the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't, they knew that they needed help, which is fine. But like, I don't get why everybody runs cover for AJ Preller and, and the Padres. And it was also very funny for everybody to be like, oh, well, after the Padres missed out on, on Scherzer and, and Trey Turner, uh, expect AJ Preller to, to come out guns blazing tomorrow. And I think they like got Daniel Hudson or something like yes, that. Yeah. Like, Daniel Hudson and Jake Marisnik. And, and Jake Marisnik, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just whatever, man. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not concerned at all about what the Padres do or don't do. And, and kind of looking back to on, on what the Padres did in the offseason coming into this season, uh, you know, people were freaking out over how incredibly strong their rotation became because they added you Darvish and Blake Snell and, and Joe Musgrove. Um, but we kind of speculated at the beginning of the season that that was also having to do with the fact that you're not going to have Clevenger this season and Denilson Lamette might be more hurt than the Padres were letting on. And <laughs> look at that, his, his what, six innings this season uh, spread out over three different days uh, kind of indicates that, yeah, yeah, Denilson Lamette was a little more hurt than the Padres were letting on. Um, so they've, and they've had their share of issues with their rotation throughout the season. You know, Blake Snell has not been that good. Um, which again, if the Rays are selling high on a starting pitcher, there might be a reason why, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So look, I, I mean, we're not trying to punch down here. Uh, the Padres are a very good team and would be contending for the division title in basically every other division in the majors. Uh, and they're still kind of contending for the NLS title, but the fact is, is that they got the two best teams in the national league ahead of them. Yeah. Um, well, they're what they're, they're six back now, six or seven. I think, yeah. And, and like we were talking before the show, like the thing I think that hurts them, the, these three teams are going to eventually like cannibalize one another. Mm-hmm. Like the giants and the, the Padres play a bunch down the stretch. Uh, I think the Dodgers play this Padres one or two more times. They play the giants one more time. So I mean, the NL West has a chance to look a lot different in the last month, but I just – there's very clearly a tier to these three teams, and I think it's it's San Francisco's on top, then you have the Dodgers, and then you have the Padres. And, I mean, I that, that last sweep in San Diego sucked, but also that was the last time that that shithead Bauer pitch for the Dodgers. So mm-hmm. I think uh, – I think they're a little more cohesive as a team right now. That's going to be so interesting at the end of the year and going into the future, how divided the Dodgers locker room was to have Bauer in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think there's no, I don't think there's any denying anymore that they all hate that guy. (laughs) Good, good, good reason. And thank God. Yeah. yeah, Without going back to the Scherzer and Turner trade here. Do you think, 
that the Dodgers try to get Max Scherzer if Trevor Bauer was not a piece of shit and he's still in this rotation? Probably just because, I mean, Kershaw's apparently dead (laughs) and like he couldn't trot out. You just can't keep doing the bullpen game thing. Right. And Josiah Gray, like even I, Ryan Pepiot should probably be called up sooner rather than later. I think he'll probably get one or two more starts in AAA before he gets a chance to at least crack the bullpen in the majors this year. Yeah. So like they just, they need pitching so badly. And yeah, I, I still think they would have tried to get Scherzer, um, but not having Bauer definitely forced their hand. Like, I don't think they would have, they probably would have still tried. I don't know if they would have been successful given that they probably would not have included Kyber Ruiz mm-hmm. in the deal if they still had Bauer, but yeah, I think, I think he forced their hand to do it, but I still think they would have tried if that makes sense. It does. It does. I think if the Bauer stuff didn't happen, I lean more towards, I don't think they would have gotten Scherzer because the the exact point that you made, I think that they wouldn't have been as open to moving both Ruiz and gray in this sort of deal. If they didn't feel like they had a stronger need for Max Scherzer in the rotation. And I think it was a healthy Bauer who's, uh, um, you know, not uh, beating people up um, that that need is not as present in the rotation, but um, I, I I'm incredibly happy to see that the team and we talked about this in the last month like after the all the Bauer stuff went down we desperately wanted them to trade for Max Scherzer specifically because it doesn't you know it doesn't like wash away the 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 shit that Bauer kind of left you know on his way out but it gives us a frontline starter that we want to root for. It gives yeah. the fan base somebody that they're excited to watch. And it also gives a very strong replacement in the rotation for, you know, you're replacing a guy who did win the Cy Young last season, who did have some very strong outings in the first half of the season. Now you're, you're replacing him with a legitimate Cy Young contender, future hall of famer, um, and just a tremendous guy to be able to root for. So, uh, yeah, I'm incredibly excited to have Scherzer as a part of this team and kind of talking about the return here of, of Ruiz and Gray. Um, I think I, I listened back to our last episode and I, I don't know if I made it clear. Like I talked about how I would be open to using Keeper Ruiz in a deal that would be for like Jose Barrios and, and Taylor Rogers. Um, and my thought process there is because you're getting up, you're, you're giving up this top prospect for, guys who have more than they're more than just rentals you get to control them for the next season i didn't fully flesh out the idea of moving ruiz in a deal for max scherzer and trey turner specifically because i never fully believed that as a possibility (laughs) like yeah i didn't i i did not think that trey turner was was going to be involved in a trade i did not anticipate that that was a thing that was actually going to happen yeah like it is, it is so, yeah, such it never, an incredible strong return. It never influenced any anything that I, I thought about when in terms of like talking about a return for sure. <laughs> Which so, like I mean, dude, his first start was so so good. Yeah, ten Ks, a, a a curtain call out of the dugout, just going. He threw what like one hundred and ten pitches. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a workhorse, man. Yeah, 
And of course, being against the Astros too, yeah. just made it even that more special. Yeah. So let's let's kind of talk about what we gave up in this deal because we're also getting Trey Turner, not just for this season, but for next season as well. Who um, Trey Turner, who is very quietly putting up MVP numbers this season. Like I didn't fully realize that he yeah. was a legitimate MVP <laughs> candidate until after the deal. I looked at his numbers. I'm like, oh my god, that's <laughs> looking yeah. at the data yeah. and simply laughing. Um, no, he's uh, so you get Trey Turner, who's a five tool player who has his power coming into play this season, too. Like, it's it's not just that he's hitting, you know, well over 300. Um, he's getting on base at a ridiculous clip. He's stealing bases. He's hitting home runs. He's doing everything. He is essentially Mookie from last season. Right. Like, yeah. like he's he's playing at Mookie Betts level. Well, and and just real quickly, like in fairness to like Mookie as of late has been playing like Mookie Betts right, of, right. of old. So no. Yeah. And I, I, I did want to mention that I don't want to discount. We've talked in, in the past on this podcast that like Mookie Betts is still Mookie Betts and to get mad at his performance at any point this season is ridiculous. This last month alone, Mookie has been playing at elite Mookie level and that's with having a, uh, you know, no right hip like in essence right like yeah, he's, the, he's been the man needs animal products please <laughs> whoever whoever convinced him to go vegan should honestly be put in jail um his uh he's he's got i believe it was like the 15th best ops plus this season like he's still he is still producing at an insane rate and that's because his his ops went up by 100 points over the last month alone um and of course that's with spending time injured because the man probably needs hip surgery if we're being honest and he'll probably do that in the in the offseason but um in listening to what dodger reporters what david basset has been saying about mookie over the last couple weeks a couple interesting things one um he had a cortisone shot in his hip and it did nothing like like he he still feels pain despite the fact that he literally got a cortisone shot there um he's it's it's very obviously hampered him like he knows that this according to Vassay, i believe last night he said this is an injury that he should that anybody who has this sort of injury should like take six to eight weeks off in order to fully recover uh and he doesn't he doesn't want to do that and the dodgers aren't in a position where like he can i mean they are in that sort of position where he could but um, this, he, that's not how Mookie operates. He wants to play through it. He wants to, to contribute as much as he can. And despite that level of injury, he's been putting up elite production over the last month, which is just insanely impressive. It's the reason why we've seen him at second base a little bit more. So that way it gives him a little bit of rest. He's not running around as much as he would in, in right field. Um, and, and, uh, something that he noted in, in an interview with the athletic, apparently he's, He's just having a wider stance at the plate now. Uh, he's spreading his legs a, a apart a little bit more. That way he's not putting as much pressure on that hip when he swings, and that's been helping him uh, produce way more offensively. It's just great to have Mookie Betts healthy. He, we don't even have him healthy. It's just great to have yeah. Mookie Betts, period. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of what's going on with Mookie. And that's also why just God, Mookie Betts is just incredible. Like yeah. the fact that he's putting up elite production despite that injury is incredible. And just thinking about a, a near future where you have like Trey Turner and Mookie Betts and the one in the two hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what Muncie Seager will eventually figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
just please god that's all i ask for just just give them just give us one month where things go our way that would be ideal that um would be nice and, and hopefully that month will be october like this is kind of what we're what we're looking at is this yeah, entire season no. has been plagued by injuries and random guys like trying to recover I, through injuries and, and struggling yeah, as I, they do at this point just like just just go out there and win games but don't you don't go out there with the expectation that you're eventually going to like take over first place in the NLS. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. And it's, it, you know, they were not going to win 27 straight NLS titles. Like that was never going to happen. Uh-huh. I just think it's insane that they're most likely going to <laughs> gonna lose the division to this giants team. Yeah. Like I expected the giants to be good eventually. Like I knew they were going to, I just didn't think it was going to be this year. <laughs> yeah with the roster that they have, but Hey man, that if there's any more perfect encapsulation of what baseball is, that's that giants roster, a bunch of guys that are playing nowhere near as nowhere near where they should be playing for an entire season. And a bunch of guys pitching nowhere near, they should be pitching for an entire season. So, you know, got congratulations to them, man. That's, (laughs) that's crazy. Uh, Um, so going going back to to Trey Turner here. So now the Dodgers get Trey Turner, and you add him to this lineup for not only the rest of this season but for next season as well. You're adding him to a team where Corey Seager and Chris Taylor are about to hit free agency. So and and, and you're also getting Trey Turner at a time where he's playing the best that he's ever played. Um, I think it's really funny the the reason why the Nationals kind of felt like they can move on from him is because they kind of stopped talking about an extension with him. Yeah. Uh, probably because they looked at what Francisco Lindor got. They looked at kind of what Mookie got. Uh, looked at even like what Fernando Tatis's extension was like. In March of 2020, the Nationals offered Trey Turner a six-year, $100 million extension, which, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, that would have been great if and, you were a Nationals fan. And that knowing been awesome. the Nationals, like a lot of that money was deferred too. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> they're like paying them until 2045 um yeah and then after that the nationals never really engaged in extension talks with trey um and so he talked about that where he kind of said like look once uh once they didn't make it known that they kind of wanted to 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 keep me around and have a, a serious extension negotiation i was kind of good with just going wherever at this point so uh, now he goes to a team like the Dodgers where I didn't realize that Trey also kind of has his own brand that he's kind of <laughs> trying to build too. He's got his own logo and everything. Yeah, which, hey, look, there's nowhere better than LA to build a brand <laughs> and a logo. You can't do that in New York or Chicago, so don't even try. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we get, again, we get Trey Turner who basically is um, – is if Chris Taylor played to the absolute best of his abilities in every tool that he had, he's Trey Turner, right? Like, like that's <laughs> kind of like what we're doing at, uh, this season with Trey Turner. So um, kind of looking ahead to, I, I think that this, this deal was incredibly great because again, for one, you're getting Trey Turner, who's an MVP candidate this season. You're adding him to this lineup where if your if your initial response to after the Dodgers got Trey Turner is, well, where are you going to play so-and-so? That doesn't matter. That literally does not matter. That doesn't matter until maybe in the postseason. And even yeah, then no, it kind it, of like 
you can Gavin Gavin Lux and and Cody Bellinger uh see ya <laughs> whatever um it, it's a tremendously good problem to have right cuz like we're we're now the offense is so good uh that like AJ Pollock even like you can't give him a day off because he's been playing at that level like for, like yeah for a while now too like that's just yeah I hope Dodger fans are recognizing how good AJ Pollock has been this zero, season. Zero, zero chance they are. <laughs> zero chance. Like he is, he's earning his contract this season. He played well in the regular season in 2020 as well. Yeah, he didn't do as much in the postseason. Um, and of course, like everybody wanted to bag, bag on him for going like over 10 or over 11 in the 2019 postseason. Um, and for, you know, for whatever reason, like we can't get over that because apparently like AJ Pollock's 11 at bats are the reason why the Dodgers lost in the 2019 postseason. Um, this season he's been incredible. He'll probably finish like top 20 in MVP voting. Honestly, like he's, he's close to a three win player. It's, it's not like his defense is, you know, he doesn't have the range that he used to. He hasn't committed any errors this season, but he doesn't have the range that he used to. Um, so his war isn't like super high, but from pure offensive production, Pollock's been incredible. And it, it, he, he keeps it going, too. Like, his average continues to go up. Uh, so it's a great problem to have when, like, you're looking at the lineup and you go, man, like, we can't even take A.J. Pollock out of this lineup. Like, it's 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 been that good. But also, we don't have to worry about, you know, how do we fit in this person so-and-so because somebody's going to be fucking injured anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, the- <laughs> You'd think it do- by this point we'd figure it out that like every goddamn year, oh, the Dodgers have an embarrassment of riches in the outfield or an embarrassment of riches in the rotation. And, you know, by October, you have Cole Hamels starting for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's so funny to think about, like you mentioned, like, oh, if, if they didn't have Bauer, if, you know, if Bauer was still pitching, would they have gone after Scherzer? completely not mentioning that like they lost Dustin May. Yeah. In, in like what April or May that's this year. True. Like no, that's a good and point. he was he he had arrived. Like Dustin yeah. May was he was a legit ace almost. Mm-hmm. Like so yeah that's uh that sucks but God willing he'll be back and better than ever next year. God please. Um but yeah just to just to kind of put a bow on uh our Turner talk here. So the questions, I think the bigger question with Trey Turner's arrival is like, all right, well, you have both Seager and Taylor hitting free agency this offseason. So what does that mean for the future of the middle infield? Because Trey Turner, not only is, is he like elite at everything he does, you can pretty much put him anywhere. Um, he's not really a second baseman, but he'll probably play some second base for the Dodgers, and that's totally fine because he has that ability. He uh, you center field. On the outfield. Yeah. Uh, like that that incredible level of versatility like he is he's he's kind of the prototypical Andrew Friedman player basically like he's he's the every player that Andrew Friedman has ever wanted uh he just hoped that they would be Trey Turner at some point <laughs> and so now he gets Trey Turner um so now you have him under contract next season and like I think that the, the huge benefit here is that it provides insurance for if you don't have both Seager and Taylor next season. Yeah. Um, what does it mean in terms of the way that they pursue either of those guys? I think that Taylor, uh, Trey Turner's presence doesn't 
change whatever their approach was going to be to either of those guys. Because again, like the Dodger front office will re-sign the guys that they want to, regardless of position and regardless of what they have already. If they want to keep a certain player, they're going to, and they will find a way to work them into the lineup. Um, But I do think that it definitely lessens the urgency. And if they were, you know, very prepared to let Corey Seager walk, I think what this does is it makes it way more palatable on the fan base, right? Like it it now says, well, like we don't need to re-sign Corey Seager because now Trey Turner will play shortstop next season. And maybe we look at giving him a huge extension. I also don't think that that's going to happen, but um, I I think that it, it prepares you for the worst, right? It prepares you in case either both Seager and Taylor are gone. Um, I think what's going to happen is is they bring back Chris Taylor and Corey Seager walks. Um, oh, interesting. What, yeah. I think it's more likely, of the three of them, I think it's more likely that Seager's here long-term. Hmm. Um, we all know that Seager is eventually going to end up at third base. Yeah. So unless something – I mean, I could see them trying to get Chris Taylor for like a short-term big deal, like maybe like 4-100 yeah. or, or 4-75. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seager's going to want a lot of money and it's not that he doesn't deserve it. So I think the only thing that will stop them from re-signing uh, Corey Seager is if Nolan Arenado is suddenly available. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Does he have an opt-out at the end of this year or next year? I thought that's what his case was. I thought he had an opt-out at the end yeah, of this Yeah, I mean, season. he's not going to stay in St. Louis because like everybody with a brain knew <laughs> St. Louis is not good and was not going to be good. Um so I, I think he's probably out of there as soon as he can be. And I mean, we know Friedman loves that guy. And I think we know that that guy wants to play in LA. So mm-hmm. I think he would end up here if he was a free agent. So that would kind of muddy the things for, for him. Um, I just don't know how likely they are to re-sign Trey Turner, given that I think the, the prevailing opinion is that he wants to be on the East coast. So they're kind of in that weird, but they're in that same situation. They always get in where it's like, Oh, they have so many guys, but I mean, Chris Taylor is probably the most likely guy they can get, but I can also see the giants being like, yeah, we'll give Chris Taylor like eight years and $150 million. Mm -hmm. Like, is that, is that not the most like sensible thing to happen for him? It would ruin our lives too. Right. (laughs) Like, no, I think that that's a good point. I, I could I could see, obviously, Chris Taylor's going to want to cash in as much as he possibly can. Which he can. should, absolutely. Yeah. Right? He, was, he was a legitimate MVP candidate in 2017, uh, probably a World Series MVP. Uh, I think he, like, had injury issues in 18 and 19, and, and then, you know, last year he was good, and this year he's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I, it's going to – it's interesting. I don't know – they have so many pieces up in the air and yeah, like Seager is going to want a big contract unless he, you know, unless he's comfortable taking like a, a four year deal because he got hurt this year and wants to rebuild his value a little bit. But yeah, I don't, I just, there's a lot of question marks. If Trey Turner wants to stay here, I am all for giving him a, a big contract. I think he's, I think he's going to age well. And I, I think he'll, you know, be worth whatever he gets. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know if he wants to stay in, in the West Coast. No, I, I mean, 
yeah, I it's uh, I don't fully know what my <laughs> I'm not walking back what I said. I just I have I I I I can see it happening in any combination of ways. Um, but I, I think that I think that the Dodgers put such tremendous value in somebody like Chris Taylor, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody comes along and outbids them very easily because I think somebody's going to put forth a lot of money for Chris Taylor. Yeah. No, um, I, I, now that I've spoken it, I can totally see the giants giving him like eight years and $150 million. And <laughs> he hits like 300 and just tortures them for the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, by the way, Nolan Arenado has an opt out at the end of this season and next season. Um, but he would also be leaving like roughly 200 million on the table if he does yeah. that. So yeah. it's, hard I don't think to he'll, see. he'll probably opt in this season. And then I would imagine he'd be gone the year after that. Yeah. He, he said in February that he plans to be a Cardinal for a long time, but yeah. You know, okay. That's, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, were they, <laughs> were they 500 in February <laughs> with like 500 in probably the worst division in baseball? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's going to be fascinating. And that's, that's going to, to drive a lot of content for us, uh, in terms of like how they will sort of manage what that middle infield looks like for the next few years, because, um, it also, oh, I'm sorry. They're not even 500. They are uh, one game below 500 <laughs> with a nice, uh, negative 45 run differential. So, yeah, well, they, the fans at least give them a standing ovation yeah. every time they come to the plate because they are the best. Um, I think, uh, especially with the, with, you know, still, you still have Gavin Lux's presence. And again, like, I, I don't think that the Dodgers look at the presence of other people and think that it will take away from the way they approach certain people. I think that, um, like with acquiring Trey Turner, like they didn't have a huge need in the middle of the infield right now. Cause they still had flexibility with, with Seager coming back and with the way that your Muncie's actually playing a good second base. Um, it, they're, they, they didn't like have a gigantic need positionally for Trey Turner, but they've still struggled against left-handed pitching and you're adding literally the best hitter in the majors this season against left-handers. So that's why they went and added Turner because he bolsters the lineup like crazy. Uh, he gives you another leadoff option while Mookie is nursing his, his right hip issue. And then you get him for next season as well. And you'll get an elite bat to join Mookie at the top of the order. And you put them wherever the hell works best. Like yeah. it's, it's a uh, God, it's incredible. It's just so, so, so fun to watch and such a <laughs> nice position to be in. Um, and even if both Seeger and Taylor don't come back, then if that happens, they probably add somebody else in free agency. Um, maybe you get Trevor Story on a bit of a discount since he's not been that great this season, or uh, I don't know. Oh my God, that is the most fascinating thing. Yeah. How did they not trade him? <laughs> well, like like I pointed out on Twitter, I think it's because the Rockies front office uh, was just getting ready for that July 31st trade deadline. <laughs> I think that they were just you know, sitting back and like, all right, we'll let all these moves go. And then, you know, right, yeah, well, right at the end, somebody would get desperate. Yeah. What a what a collection of people. I, a lot of people don't know this, but the Rockies are actually the first uh, pro professional sports front office to be run entirely by chimpanzees. <laughs> um. Uh. That's they're they're 
when when people complain about like oh the front office is setting the lineup and everything like that's true with the Rockies like it is a <laughs> a group of fifteen to twenty uh, Denver Zoo chimpanzees that do all the moves and and lineups and and stuff for the Rockies. It's fascinating. <laughs> I think I saw that the the point that they made was like they would have just rather had the first round pick. The, yeah, the comp pick from losing. Yeah, story, which is such a. That's the biggest loser fucking bullshit excuse I've ever seen. You cannot tell me that you could not get anything better than a first round comp right. pick from like the Yankees yeah. or the Giants or anybody for Trevor Story. That is the stupidest fucking thing. Well, nobody drafts and develops pitchers better than the Colorado Rockies. So I'm oh, sure yeah, just for banking sure. on that. Absolutely. <laughs> um Oh, okay. So just final point with the, the Turner and Scherzer deal. Uh, and that's what we gave up with Ruiz and Gray. Um, so I, I think I was, I was trying to say earlier, I think that this was a great deal for the Dodgers. I think it was. I, I, I'm not, I fully believe that both Ruiz and Gray are going to be very good to potential all-star uh, level players in the majors. I think Ruiz is going to be a top 10 catcher in baseball by the end of next season. Uh, maybe even sooner than that. I, I think Josiah Gray is going to be in the middle of that rotation for a long time, um, you know, and and he'll get a lot of starts while uh, you, you have Strasburg one, Corbin two, and then when both of them are on the IL, you have Gray one. So I think that the the uh, the Nationals came away with a really strong return, but I think it's a great deal for the Dodgers. I think that this is the best that you could have gotten for Kibut Ruiz, which is what we were talking about in the last podcast is now's the time to figure out what you do with keeper Ruiz. you either trade him for all-star level return or you put him in the majors now and mm-hmm. so the dodgers found a way to really masterfully handle keeper Ruiz by by uh, allowing him to develop as much as he possibly could and then pulling the trigger on the right deal at the right time and again like gray is house money because he was in that gigantic reds deal where we also got <laughs> Jeter Downs, who we used to get Mookie Betts. Uh, we just all we had to do was just pay Homer Bailey, and suddenly we get Mookie Betts, Max Scherzer, and Trey yeah. Turner. Out of it. Turning turning the guys they turned into those three players is going to forever be a masterclass, and uh, it's again, it's not going to get talked about because it's on. It happened on the West Coast, but yeah, that's just it's nuts. I mean, I, I know that a lot of you are, are fully regretting losing Kyle Farmer and watching him blossom into the starting shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. But no, like this is a it's amazing that you 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 uh, you look back at the biggest deals that Friedman and company have done. And they're they're some of the best deals that a front office, I think, has ever really done uh, to to acquire the level of talent that they did using other teams talent like that's that's what Friedman has done better than anybody for years now is looking around the league and saying like your minor leaguers can be mine and they can be my trade chips like that's incredible to re- to have the the wherewithal of saying like look not only can we trade from our own players we can trade from other teams players and get elite talent in return that it's it's really it's really fascinating so 
Um, no, I'm super stoked about this deal. Uh, I think it was great for the Dodgers. Again, like Ruiz is going to be a very good catcher, but I think also it's great to reaffirm Will Smith in this oh, manner. Yeah, and tell and him, like you're you're the franchise catcher. We're we're rolling with you for the next few years. Ruiz might not even end up as a catcher. I know there have been rumbles that he might have to play the corner outfield or, or first base or DH, but it like. <laughs> They could deal Kyber Ruiz because Diego Cartaya is better, a yeah. better prospect. Like it didn't matter. They have better pitchers than Gray further down in the system. Like, you know, it's just this is this is like kind of what every other front office feared is the Dodgers eventually becoming this like churning churning young talent in that lets them deal their talent that hasn't come up yet or you know, just developing young talent so well that they forced their way into the majors. Like, look at Will Smith. Like, he's already a top five catcher in baseball, if not the best catcher in baseball. And, yeah, they, they have Diego Cartaya, who will probably supplant him one day. And that allowed them to deal a top prospect like Ruiz and bring in veterans like Scherzer and Trey Turner. Like, it's just – it's stupid. And, you know, it's just part of their whole – you know, philosophy of putting the best possible team on the field and just winning and losing with that. Like, it's just crazy. So um, this was not the only deal that was made at the trade deadline. Let's, let's, let's touch on uh, what else the Dodgers did in terms of acquiring players over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so they got Danny Duffy, which was at the time people kind of like rolled their eyes at it because the Dodgers hadn't traded for anybody else yet. And they're like, ah, shit, all we're getting is Danny Duffy. And uh, the, <laughs> who would do <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> um, uh, and, and to which, cause yeah, I, well, okay. I want to make it clear that I'm talking about Bo right now. And, <laughs> and I responded saying like, if this is a very good deal, as long as it's not the only thing the Dodgers do. And uh, it was not, and it is a very good deal because they literally gave up nothing for a guy who was actually an all-star this season. Uh, but you wouldn't know that because he's been hurt for months. Um, so there's, there's super high upside here with Danny Duffy. Uh, he's having, he was having one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, like I said, he was all-star level production. His ERA has been rather low. Um, he doesn't exactly throw hard. He's more of a crafty left-hander. Um, and uh, the Dodgers gave up literally nothing for him. It was a player to be named later. And so the hope is, is that he's back by mid-September and turns into like a bulk inning relief guy in the postseason. Um, that would be nice uh, because... This is my one criticism of this trade deadline. The Dodgers did not actually address the bullpen at the trade deadline. Yeah, which is, uh, given the last few games, uh, I think that's very obviously their weakness. Uh, Victor Gonzalez is ass. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> that dude stinks. Um, and, yeah, like, I think yesterday they used uh, Kevin Quackenbush. Yeah. And I think he got maybe one out before they had to pull him. Yeah. Uh, and they followed up with some literally some guy I have never heard of in my okay. life. Yes, good. I had not heard of him either. I had no idea what was going Kevin on. Kevin Brugia or something like that, right? Like uh, uh, Daniel Bruhl. Dan no, that's the guy from that's the guy from the Marvel okay. movies. Is so his name's not Daniel. I thought it is it James Bruhl. Uh, let's see. Let's we're pull top up. ten Dodger podcast. Don't let me yeah. tell you otherwise. Yeah, no the the first guy you I, said is is the guy from Daniel uh, Bruhl. 
that's from the first guy. That's he's from he's from Marvel. He's a Marvel movie guy. Uh, Justin Bruel. Justin Bruel. Bruel. I mean, look, he's got he's got a zero ERA and a, a .6 WHIP. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's the new closer. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, the Dodgers uh, hit it out of the park with this one. And I think uh, I think Eric Steven mentioned that they have now broken the record for for pitchers used by a Dodgers team in a single oh, yeah. season. So yeah, no, everything is fine. Uh, <laughs> Gratterall, Gratterall's a. Shohei's at bat against Gratterall was a lot of fun. Yeah. The other day, striking him out with 102 is hilarious. And I saw Angels fans like calling him a thug for celebrating. Uh, <laughs> and I just like, Iglesias also celebrated on Friday after getting an out to win the yeah. game. Yeah. And like, Gratterall does that to remember his brother who passed away. Right. And also, like, again, uh, he struck out Shohei Otani with 102 mile an hour. I think it was a sinker or something like that. Like, yeah. So yeah, I would also celebrate. Uh, let let guys have fun. Like it, it was uh, the highlight of his season. Like yeah, that's, that's the best he's looked since the postseason last year. Like, I just can I I don't know. It's kind of insane to me. Is there something like with Otani where he doesn't want to play the field at all? Like that Otani only pinch hit in any of those games seems kind of insane to me. Like yeah, I, I think that they you can't just stick him at first base. I thought he came into one of the games to play a little bit of of infield at one point, but um, I could be wrong. Yeah, I I think that's probably just. I mean, what reason do the Angels have to compete right now? I <laughs> like, guess, but like, man, I I want to see more Otani all the time. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The fuck. Give me give me that Otani. Yeah. Daniel Brule, Justin Brule. Okay. So, um, also the interesting thing about da- Justin, I keep wanting to call him Daniel Brule. So, the interesting thing about Justin Brule was um, he was added to the 40 man uh, because there was technically an open spot because when Darian Nunez was placed on the IL, he wasn't put on the 60 day IL, but he was put on, you know, a weird version of the IL where it's kind of nondescript as to what their quote unquote injury is. <laughs> and so uh, it opens up a spot on the 40 man, uh, which technically is typically used for people who uh, <clears throat> test positive for COVID. So uh, that's something to look out for. <laughs> and we, the Dodgers, I think did probably have a guy test positive for covid so uh hopefully that's the only one hopefully darian is okay and uh yeah, he heals up and, and gets healthy and gets better um maybe you know i don't want to speculate as to what other options it could have been i hope he's fine is, is all i'm saying and i just want to point it out there that yeah he was brule was added to the 40 man because of that injury designation on darian nunez um, and yeah, I, I, I was working yesterday in the morning, so I, I wasn't like 
I, I wasn't on Twitter really. I wasn't following a lot of things. And then suddenly I see Justin Brule in the bullpen and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have been, I had no notice that this was going to happen. Uh, I, I knew quite Kevin Quackenbush was on the team. I was excited to, to see him get a shot because he's been in AAA for like 19 years for the Dodgers. So uh, I think that uh, was he that not was... with the Padres at one point. No, he was. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's been okay. in AAA for like three or four years. Is the uh, Yeah. Okay. But, I was just like i thought he was familiar yeah yeah i just i was shocked that he was still there because like yeah he he was added a couple years ago and he's never been on the 40 man he finally gets his opportunity didn't look that great but hopefully still maybe we can get something from kevin quackenbush um or we have to add him to our rather long list of uh in memoriam that we're going to put out at the end of the season <laughs> including what jake reed and um Oh man, who's most recent? DFA. Tons of guys. DJ Peters, unfortunately, the DFA. Um, I don't know if he did. He get a minor league assignment. We're talking uh, about he got claimed by the Rangers, so ah, fuck. Yes, I mean playing for the Rangers, he <laughs> might as well be in the minor leagues. So, damn it, I missed that. Ah, shit. The Dodgers, the Rangers are are just the they just pick up the Dodgers scraps like everywhere. That's true. But hey, man, DJ Peters got to hold the World Series trophy, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a large human. <laughs> He's six six. Good lord. Um, okay, well, but talking with the bullpen, um, so yes, they added Danny Duffy as a potential bullpen piece in the playoffs, um, and hopefully he can be. And he also seems to be really excited about being in Los Angeles. Uh, people have been sharing stories about yes, he running hit into him around here and he's 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 a huge lakers fan apparently fuck yeah so um originally from uh i think he's from lompoc yeah just he's not the only lefty the dodgers added though um the dodgers finally traded uh cory seager julio urias and what jock peterson to the philadelphia phillies for one cole hamels <laughs> jesus uh we don't gotta spend any time talking about cole hamels N- no no zero um, that's that is did you see like nightingale was like his timeline is like four weeks to build up and it's just like what the fuck dude <laughs> what have you been doing then <laughs> right exactly like what but i i guess he i guess his deal is contingent like they can call him up no later than september 2nd so like yeah he'll he's i guess he's just there to eat some innings in september but like you know, not not the kind of thing you want to have happen if you're trying to win the division. It's very, uh, God, not not something I care about at all. <laughs> so hopefully Duffy does add something good to the bullpen in the postseason. I mean, he's he's actually uh, he's got a pretty decent whiff rate. Um, his chase rate is pretty high. So like he's his fastball velocity is kind of in the middle, but he's um. He's been getting people to chase his pitches. He can get hit hard a little bit, um, but obviously it's not turning into heavy runs over 61 innings this season. He's got a two and a half ERA, uh, 65 strikeouts over the 61 innings. So um, he could be somebody that actually does translate pretty well into the bullpen in the postseason. And of course he's, he's stretched out being a starting pitcher. He's just always had injury issues and hopefully uh, he gets those right and he gets ready and prepared for, a postseason run uh, could be pretty nice and could be somebody to kind of 
not replace Victor Gonzalez, but uh, step into Victor's role in the postseason as being a, a, a decent mid to high leverage lefty. Um, Cole Hamels probably won't be that. <laughs> I would, I'd be surprised if Cole Hamels is on the playoff roster. I think that his presence is really just about the fact that like the Dodgers ran out of starting pitchers really quickly this season and they need somebody to hopefully eat some innings in September. But also at the same time, you're asking a guy who hasn't pitched in the majors this season to get like five, six inning outings here. Uh, no, if you think that bullpen games are going to go away because uh, Cole Hamels and Danny Duffy are on the team, you're mistaken. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're not. I don't see either of them throwing more than three innings at a time. So uh, they're they're here to just, you know, give some some longer relief in the postseason, um, but uh, in potentially in the postseason, but at least for the September run. And that way you're you're kind of relieving uh, some of like guys like Julio, who probably shouldn't be throwing you know, more than five innings in his outings for the rest of the season. Um, if Kershaw doesn't come back at all prior to the postseason, you're getting some guys to, to kind of eat a few innings here and there. But again, don't expect them to eat bulk innings and don't expect them to like David Price is probably going to throw more innings than these guys over the last month of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very grim. Just very grim. <laughs> just, uh. But there, there is one thing positive. For the bullpen, and that's Corey Knable is expected to come back in the next week, and you know, we completely I, forget that he was on this team. Yeah, no, and also I very I feel bad for Jimmy Nelson. That's yeah, that, that sucks. sucks. Um, I there's no way that Tommy Conley can come back this year, right? I don't think so. No, I, I just I don't think that's been. I saw this morning that like he got his surgery like eight four last year, hmm. so I mean, but yeah, there's just no way he would be built up and ready to pitch. That'll be an interesting addition next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, I mean, bullpens are always Frankenstein's monster, but right. just uh, there's no, there's never going to be a point at all where like I'm comfortable with the bullpen in the I know. game. I know it's just not like ugh. De- Robert's reluctance to just do what we need to do and name Blake Trinan the closer. Yeah, or you know. Not even name him the closer, but, you know, just use him to close games. Yeah. Um, would be nice, but it's just never going to happen. Thankfully, I, and I think that this is the reason why the Dodgers didn't press as hard as they could have to acquire a bullpen piece uh, is because of Canable coming back. The Dodgers have always been a team to kind of view guys returning from injuries as kind of like a trade acquisition, which uh, not really, but kind of uh, it's so it will be nice to get Knable back, especially since like he looked fantastic for his first few outings and yeah. then he got hurt instantly. Um, if he's pitching at that level for the rest of the season, he'll get high leverage situations in the postseason. And I would be comfortable seeing Corey Knable in some high leverage situations in the postseason because he has that ability. His, his curve looked incredible to start this season. Like uh, I, I think if you have a back end of the bullpen with, with Trinan and Knable and Joe Kelly's been pretty good. Like he's, he's yeah. been decent. Um, and uh, you know, if Danny Duffy can be a solid relief piece, like they can have a very good bullpen at in the postseason. If Gratterall uh, is is moving forward the way it looks like he is, 
suddenly he's a, a bullpen piece in the postseason as well. So um, they'll have a lot of options. Um, and then hopefully, like, you know, David Price will get some innings here and there in the bullpen uh, in the postseason. Maybe if you if you have a fully healthy Kershaw and you've got a three-man rotation of Bueller, Scherzer, and Kershaw, you can use Julio a bit in the pen as well in the postseason. Yeah. So they have options and they have possibilities. It just was kind of weird to see them not even get like a fringe reliever, some sort of middle relief guy. I I'm I I'm surprised they didn't just find a way to get Daniel Hudson in the the Scherzer and and Turner deal yeah. as well. Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. Um, get him back for a, a second tour. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why that didn't happen, but. Um, you know, maybe he just wanted maybe he actually wanted to get that swag chain around his neck at one point. <laughs> uh can we I hate to I hate to talk football on our, our show here, but there are times where I feel like it's necessary. And um if the Rams lose or the Rams or the Chargers lose anybody at the safety position to injury, uh they need to call up that Dodgers ball girl oh, <laughs> from yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. she's a, she's a prototypical free safety. Like that's what you're looking for. Uh, you know, close the gap, found the point of attack and, and mm-hmm. really, you know, led to the stop and, and that dude flipping over the wall. <laughs> Did that guy get from one end of the outfield to the yeah, other? Yeah, he did. No, Dodger security was caught lacking and yeah. he got all the way, but you know, she did her job. She, she did what Belichick asked and she, she did her job, played her role and made the stop when it needed to happen. So that was good coverage uh, right from the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> kept him, kept him from getting in the end zone. So, <laughs> you so know, funny. slowed him down to let her teammates come up and finish the play, which is, you know, <laughs> at that level, like that's what she needs to do. Like I clearly assumed that, that she would not be an issue whatsoever. He ran directly at her and like, yeah, no, that's what you get for being sexist, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn. Oh, God. Um, a couple, a couple last notes here for the Dodgers. Um, I oh oh, uh, we didn't mention it because I don't think either of us got a chance to go. But uh, the hand wringing about the crowd during the Dodgers Astros series. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Please shut the fuck up. I'm begging you. <laughs> Did, what did anybody expect right what did what did you think was going to happen and uh carlos correa hitting that home run to make it what like seven to two or seven to three at the time and then like trying to do the hulk hogan cupping his ear to the crowd like what the fuck man the oh the amount of layers to that are so funny because carlos correa is he's legitimately like the dumbest player in baseball i i cannot and again, if Carlos Correa, you ever hear that, I will happily tell you that to your face. Like you are the dumbest player in baseball. You have no, no awareness whatsoever of anything beyond see ball hit ball, because you just you've said nothing but stupid things and done nothing but stupid things since this all happened. So yes, that was so fucking funny, and the crowd was awesome. Um, I don't think anybody died. So good job. Yes. <laughs> and, and like I said, the bravest people in America was anybody that sat in the pavilion wearing an Astros jersey. So, uh, um, yeah. Like with Correa, especially like the the Dodger fans, and I'm sure plenty of other uh, cities that they've been to boo them 
like crazy because they won a World Series in a year in which it is now widely known that they had an organizational cheating scandal that led to them winning the World Series. Carlos Correa was one of the main members of that team. He proceeds to hit a home run while they're down seven to three, making it seven to four. No, it was seven to two, making it, it seven, was seven to three. To two to three. Yeah, so it's even worse. Right, because Kenley then gave up the two-run home run to make it 7-5. But uh, (laughs) he then parades around the bases and then embraces the booze as if, like, as if he's the the victim here. Like, like, God, yeah, yeah, go ahead and boo me. Yeah, what? What? He was, he also, he turned into the the third place medal meme (laughs) of of the guy celebrating like crazy Uh, as as he's at the bottom of the podium. Yeah, I thought it was weird when he picked up Jose Altuve and gave him a kiss, but hey, look, you know, (laughs) whatever those dynamics are in that clubhouse, that that stays in that clubhouse. Yeah. Like, like, hey, man, let your haters be motivators. (laughs) What can I say? He's, he's just, you know, poor Carlos Correa. That, that he has to get booed for being an asshole and taking advantage of a team on his way to winning the World Series. God forbid that he gets booed for that. God forbid that he's on a team that continues to get booed for it. I just, you know, you just feel for him. It must really be tough being Carlos Correa. Yeah. Very hard. <laughs> um, something I want to point out. Um, I know, yes, Cody Bellinger has been bad, but something to point out that over the last uh, last 12 games, he's hitting 250 on base of 267. So, you know, he got to walk in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> 545 slugging and 812 OPS. So, sure, not elite, but right now, let's let's at least acknowledge that he's he's starting to take some baby steps. He's start, he, there's a little bit of Cody yeah, Bellinger still there, no. and it's coming back just a little bit. He's, he's on his way, and he can still be Cody Bellinger. He's, he's made really strong contact with the ball quite a few times over the last week alone. He, he homered in back-to-back games against the Angels. And those, both those homers were they, were they were no doubters too. So. Yeah, yeah. I, so. The more I think about it, I'm, I'm more willing to give – uh cody a little bit of a pass because he did just have shoulder surgery right and that always takes a little time to recover from which i mean you know thinking about it too like if i'm the padres don't you just want tatis to get shoulder surgery and get it out of the way (laughs) yeah because like at this point like he's going to need it no matter what like we all know he is Mm -hmm. so like just get it out of the way so he can start recovering because like everybody that ever gets shoulder surgery they they struggle for a little while afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's just nuts. And I mean, yeah. I know Tatis is a freak and maybe he's different than everybody else, but I don't know. Like the precedent is just so spooky. Like, I, I don't know if I had watched Bellinger's struggles at the plate and I was their doctors, I'd be like, all right, let's, let's stop pretending that, you know, we're going to still win the NL West and just get healthy for next year. Right. Cause I mean, if you, if, if losing Tatis is the difference between you guys actually competing and, and not, then you have bigger problems than that too. Yeah. Um, I think that like sometimes don't, people will look at Cody and assume that it's entirely mechanics because he has weird mechanics. He has, he has a very shaky swing with such a, a, a long swing with a huge approach. 
that it's it's easy to assume, well, you know, he might just have mechanical issues, his timing is off, all that. But this dude was an MVP because <laughs> this guy has, has shown that he's an elite. We were, when we had Rob Parker on uh, prior to the season, talking about hall of fame voting, um, we tossed out the idea of Cody Bellinger being on a hall of fame trajectory because he was at that point. So um, Cody's going to get it together. It's been frustrating, but now when you have such a stacked lineup and you're batting Cody Bellinger eighth, like that's great because mm-hmm. you're finding a way to now get him to work through his issues, get him to build his strength back up, get his timing back together. And you're not having to rely on him to carry the offense. It's we're kind of in a great position right now with Cody Bellinger. And if that means at times he'll kind of, you know, pop one up with runners on, it'll get frustrating on occasion, but He's, you know, the power is coming back. That timing's coming back. Those homers, like you said, were absolutely destroyed. Uh, he's starting to hit the ball better. So there are signs of life with Cody Bellinger. And so just just grab onto that and and remember that. And 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 when you watch him strike out three times in the game, just remember there are signs of life. <laughs> he can persevere. We will all persevere. Um Lastly, speaking of frustrating things with the Dodgers, um, the they are currently on a historically terrible pace when it comes to winning in extra innings. Oh, it's so <laughs> extra inning in one run games. It's comical. Like you can't do anything but laugh. <laughs> they are, it's according to the Athletic, um, they have the third worst winning percentage ever for a club that has played ten or more extra inning games in a single season. Um, those the two in front of them, the 1969 Expos who went 0 and 12 and finished 52 and 110. <laughs> and the 1982 twins who went one and 13 in extra innings and went 60 and 102. So uh, the Dodgers are 20 games above 500 and have the third worst record ever for a team in extra innings, which is yeah. hilarious. No, it's the, and I, I fully will believe it's the, it's the stupid ghost runner rule. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. Like you have no margin for error whatsoever in extra innings. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, on Friday, it was perfect. The perfect example, like the angels first batter immediately gets on and you're already down a run and you know, it's just, there's no, I don't know. It's, it's the worst thing. I can't wait till it's gone. Uh, it has created much more variance than, than even you had before with baseball. And I think honestly, it's probably the worst, it's the worst rule that's ever like been introduced into a major sport. Um, And it's funny because I think a lot of the same people that clamor for robot umps were also clamoring for like a a runner on bases to start extra innings. Yeah. And if robot umps would be as disastrous as this thing is, then Mm. I think those people need to just shut the fuck up forever. (laughs) I still stand by the thought of have it, happen at the 12th inning you can if you want to keep this or after 12 innings so start it in the top of the 13th if you want to keep the ghost runner rule then enforce it in the top of the 13th you get three innings there of extra innings because once you get to 13 innings that's that's death ball and, and nobody I would likes maybe that. i would maybe start it at first base and then if you go to the 14th second base and then 15th third base but no i i'm mm-hmm. i hate it entirely it's, and then it's stupid home run derby 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is the future I want. At some point, if a game goes too long, we resort to home run derby. Let's fucking do it. I don't care. <laughs> like, just not in the playoffs. Which, by the way, uh, but in all seriousness, a uh, quick reminder: the ghost runner rule does not exist in the postseason. Yeah, so thank God. Extra innings are normal in the postseason. So if you're watching these extra inning games and freaking out and thinking if this happens in the postseason, the Dodgers aren't going to win. It well, does and, apply. You know, maybe at some point we only have a month or two left here, but at some point I imagine their luck will turn a little bit. I think they'll win one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I can do you even know the extra inning game that they won? It was something it was against San Diego, wasn't it? Didn't they go again go to extra yeah. against San Diego yeah, early yeah. in the season? Um it, it that was yeah, that was one of the first three games in San Diego, I believe. Yeah. That was that was the that one was, where I was in San Diego. Yeah, Kinley blew a save. Mm-hmm. And Kinley blew a save, and they uh, God, yeah, when was that? That was early in the season. That was um, it's like in April. Yes. Yeah. Final final twelve innings, <laughs> they won eleven to six. Hell yeah! Corey Seager hit a tie breaking two run homer on Tim Hill's first pitch of the twelfth inning, and the Dodgers beat the Padres eleven to six. So they didn't even cash in. <laughs> in the 10th inning, neither of them did. It took two, more, two, two extra innings for the Dodgers to score five runs. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's tight. Luke Rayleigh hit a home run in that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, and as you mentioned, yeah, bad in one-run games as well. 13 and 20 in one-run games. Um, and, you know, some of those are from those extra inning games. Uh, the Athletic notes that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the issue is the ghost runner rule is, is fucking stupid. And it seems to always go against the Dodgers because uh, the reality is there um, when it comes to uh, close or late game situations, their typical OPS plus is one Oh four. That's their OPS compared to teams, typical norms. <laughs> I don't know what their typical norms are, but uh, <laughs> we're top 10 Dodger podcast. Um, their SOPS plus, which compares their performance to the entire league in late and close situations is tied for the best in baseball at 25% better than league average. So um, it, it's not that their their pitching staff has been similarly strong in late and close situations, sitting in the top third of the league while allowing essentially the same production, regardless of the spot. So it's not that they crumble under pressure. Uh, it's not that the pitching doesn't perform under pressure and the offense doesn't perform under pressure. It's just kind of been situationally stupid. A lot of these extra inning games just end fucking dumb. I, I there's no yeah. other way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the situations just kind of suck sometimes. Um, and it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, we all hate their record in, in one run games, their, their record in extra inning games, but, I think that the fact that the ghost runner rule goes away in the postseason will be a huge factor as to why we don't need to worry about that as much when it comes to the postseason. What we should worry about in extra inning games of the postseason is Kenley Jansen coming in because it's a safe situation. Anyway, so uh, do we have any last uh, notes on the Dodgers, Bo? Is there anything? Just make it interesting, man, please. I, I don't want to lose the division to the Giants, although I have accepted that that is the most likely outcome. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you guys can go on like a, a cool little run here and make things interesting, that'd be fun. But um, I think they're, I think it's kind of funny. Like, I don't think they'll win the NL West, but I think they're very well positioned to like 
do what the Giants used to do, which is like get the wild card and then sneak in. And before you know it, they're in the World Series. Yeah. Just because there's too much talent on this team. And if Mookie yeah. can get healthy or like, you know, healthy enough to play regularly, then I just, it's, it's nuts. And, you know, <laughs> Trey Turner, I just, the, the yesterday, Trey Turner scoring from first on an infield single is like one yeah. of the funniest things <laughs> you'll ever see happen. Oh, uh, God. Just, I know. Yeah. Turner's impact already is fantastic. His first at bat. Well, in his first start, uh, he did get an at-bat the night before, but he didn't, it wasn't in the start. So his first at-bat in the start, you know, he drew a walk and then scored on Muncy's double in which he hit the fastest sprint speed any Dodger has hit this entire season just on that play alone. So uh, we're already seeing just the impact that he makes. And like I said, like he's he's hitting like over 400 against lefties this season. It's absurd. Yeah, it's – oh, and uh, yeah, my, my last note is uh, Albert Pujols launching a dinger against against well hold on albert pujols hitting a home run oh yeah please please. don't cancel me (laughs) Um, albert pujols hitting a home run against the angels was the most like predictable outcome of all time and i was very happy to see that moment happen uh yeah but that's uh i think that's it for me today yeah all right well uh Bo, you're you're heading to Hawaii this week for your yeah. I'm gonna be out of here. I'm gonna be in Hawaii, and then uh, I may never come back. <laughs> you know that's 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 the exact plot to to what happened to Boy Meets World. You realize that? Like that's <laughs> uh, can't say I ever saw it. <laughs> Corey and Topanga on their honeymoon go to Hawaii, and after like one day there, they're like, "We're not going back. We don't need to go back home. We're just gonna stay here and sell well, coconuts." M- okay, so my hope. And obviously this is not a good thing to hope, but like, man, it would be so much of a blessing <laughs> to like get COVID or something while I'm in Hawaii and just be, like, <laughs> just be like, oh, I can't leave. Damn. I guess I'm stuck here for 10 more days. Oh, God. Yeah. My producing schedule next week says otherwise, but no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, you guys, you guys have fun. I'm, I don't care. I'm, no, I'm praying. I'm, I'm praying for our, I, I hope our, our yearly football powwow occurs while I'm in Hawaii. God damn it. So yeah. I can zoom in on that meeting and just be like on the beach. Uh, yeah, no, that, that'll be fun. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't talk. I'm about to go swim with dolphins. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll call you back or just, you know, fill me in later. Somebody will make a corny joke about how that's. Oh, is that your Zoom background? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Well, no, that's good. Have fun. They, obviously, we're not going to record while you're in Hawaii. Um, I will not even be able to watch the Dodgers, thank God, while I'm in Hawaii. They're blacked out. So <laughs> uh, I will have no clue what's happening. I didn't realize that, yeah, even like 570 is broadcast in Hawaii. Like, that's the, they get the, their, their local, whatever the local sports network is in Hawaii, they get the, the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers, uh, broadcast as, as part of their, hey, Hawaii's Dodger Nation. That, that's, 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 that's the point of this. So, um, we love our Hawaiian fans. Um, I don't know if we have any. Hold on, hold on. Let me, I have, I have the numbers, I have the data, we have the ability to understand i want to see if uh, if we have any swing shift fans in hawaii let's let's take a look let's take a look at the numbers let's let's just look at the data we had seven people listening the last week thank you <laughs> thanks a lot 
Um, uh, come on, come on, come on. Give us something. Give us something. One from Hawaii. No, no, not I a will. single listener. <laughs> we need some. We need some stickers, and I'll I'll just put them on random light poles in Hawaii. Uh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is okay. Good. This is a good branding opportunity. This is a way that we're gonna branch out, and uh, and grab our grab our audience in Hawaii. I do want to give a shout out to, uh, you know, two thirds of our listeners are from California. Um, we have 9% from Washington. I, I believe that that's one of them is Emmett. And then uh, <laughs> you know, um, there's a couple Mallard listeners, I think, from Washington. So thank you. Thank you. 5% of our listeners are from Virginia. I have no idea who that is. But um, if you are a Virginia <laughs> swing shift contingent, thank you. That, that's that's so very kind. Um Four percent Ohio, two percent North Carolina. I don't, I don't know who any of these people are. The, we have actual strangers listening to our podcast, Bo. This is, this is incredible. We are branching. Hey, out. listen, I love those people. <sighs> yes, swing shift takes the Midwest. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not actually, not that much in the Midwest. It's a lot, a lot on the East Coast and a lot. One percent in Texas, one percent in New York. Look at that. Hey, we respect you and we thank you. And, and you do not need to do this. I mean, you look at, obviously this episode's over at this point. If you're listening right now, we have, we have nothing else to offer you. So uh, thank you. And, and I mean that sincerely, anybody who listens to this podcast and takes any time to listen to us, uh, that's incredibly nice. You do not need to do that. There are so many better things that you can do with your time. So I, I greatly appreciate anybody who takes any sort of time to listen to, to any anything we have to say. We're a top 10 Dodger podcast, okay? Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, soon to be Swing Shift brought to you by Barstool Sports. Oh. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> uh, all right, well, Ask Life will play us out. Um, until next time, you know, uh, hopefully while Bo is in Hawaii, some gigantic news will break because you know we're going to be in, incapable of recording a podcast so i don't know somehow some way mike trout gets released and the <laughs> dodgers sign him or uh you know we go on a, a, a 53 and 2 run to close out the season something like that would be good so um all right until next time be be good to one another uh, shouts out Ohio. Ohio and Virginia. And Virginia. And Emmett. Thanks, Emmett. See you guys. Bye-bye.